0: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator.
1: Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that
0: ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
1: Hello everyone, it's me, Anita Flores. I'm coming to you from live inside of the closet in my apartment. If you hear any clip clapping in the background, uh, that's the sound of Valentina. She is the pit bull mix that my fiance and I are fostering right now. A lot of things have changed since we last checked in, which I believe was uh, for the very special Perry Gilpin episode. That was earlier on in the pandemic when Time still meant something. I realized that I've become not as cre- creative. I didn't, I thought that being stuck inside would make me want to work on a bunch of personal projects, creative things, you know, like my podcast. But it actually made me less motivated. So, up until extremely recently, there was just a big pause button. On the pod. But for whatever reason, the motivation hit me, and I just started to remember that I've been sitting on these I'm listening episodes that were recorded whew, possibly a year and a half to two years ago. And I'm not necessarily sure uh, how many episodes I'm making uh, in the next six months. And I didn't want to sit on these episodes anymore wondering when I was gonna like put together a whole season Um, plus you know I know we're all probably spending a lot of time inside looking for something to do Uh, like perhaps listen to a new episode technically new episode of I'm listening Um, I really hope you enjoy it Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Fraser fan, Anita Flores, me. Uh, And every episode, I have a a special guest, and today is no different, except that I have two guests, and and this is a bit of a crossover, if you will, of podcasts. Today, I have from the FYI, the Murphy Brown podcast, the hosts of this wonderful podcast, Lauren Milberger and Jesse Mullins. How are you today, oh, ladies? Oh, we're so
0: good. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Well, hello. Uh, Lauren, listeners, is here in the studio with me. But Jesse, where are you uh, calling in from?
0: I am currently uh,
2: calling in to, uh, to have you listen to me um, from Chicago, Illinois, where I currently live.
1: And what are the ads? Uh, and uh, this is a bit of a Fraser fun fact at the end of fraser now i'm double checking my sources um at the end of fraser he uh is supposed to move for to san francisco for a job but he ends up uh going after his love charlotte played by laura linney in chicago oh, that's and, right and that's how the show ends mm-hmm. so oh that's, mm-hmm. that's where fraser is right now where you are hopefully
2: it wasn't lost on me. I continue to look for him on the CTA. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, So, yeah, uh, I think just via conversation, probably on Twitter, yeah. I, I think I just started talking to you guys uh, and just Murphy Brown and Frazier. And to me, there's already a connection because I feel like Time-wise, there there was definitely yeah, relatively, and
0: there's a couple of writers who cross over. Oh, I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. Yeah, so Cy Kane and Denise Moss wrote for the first three Mm -hmm. seasons. Although, funny enough, which we found out from of Murphy Brown of Murphy Brown, excuse me, um, was that uh, they were freelance for the first two seasons of Murphy Brown, and then became uh, on staff the third season, but wrote just as much as a staff member would. Oh wow! And they wrote for the first season of Frasier. In fact, they wrote the second episode of Frasier.
1: No way! Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I was even surprised by that because that's really you know setting a tone after the pilot. Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess it, even just like I, I was like catching up on on some some Murphy Brown <laughs> that I found on YouTube today, uh, and it's seemingly also just very sharp writing. Yes, very yes, very good comebacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, Murphy I'm- Brown. <laughs>
2: Well, and something I find really impressive about Cy and Denise in particular is not only do they write so sharply, but also for them, you know, coming in on something like Murphy Brown, which was new in its regard and people, they got to find their flow, they got to find their style. Coming into Frasier and doing the second episode when it's something that was a spin off of something else and their very specific expectations of character and, and flow, for them to jump in on that, they're just, they're geniuses.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm actually now, because I'm curious, I, if I'm being honest, I don't remember. Well, I watched it on it. the second I've watched
0: it, and what I love about it is that it's a plot that you would never have today. The, the mm-hmm. major gist of it uh-huh. is that Fraser just wants to find a quiet place to read a book. Yep. Uh-huh. But then at the end there's this really great talk between him and his <gasps> yes. dad which is so lovely.
1: That's right. Yes. The- I- that, that on uh, IMDb, the, the plot is Fraser is constantly interrupted when he tries to find a quiet place to read. You're right. That would yeah.
2: never happen no. now as a plot. And out. it's so funny because, because somebody that, would put their headphones in because smartphones, you know, we, that's right. he just put on, he put on some classical music and read and something that Lauren and I talk a lot about on our podcast about Murphy Brown is something that I think is also very similar to Fraser is that very exceptional ability to mix drama and comedy into that dramedy that is so specific of that time and the successful shows that's
1: right yeah and actually today i was because i have now for season three um there are definitely a few guests or perhaps depending on the order of how these episodes come out um there have now been a few episodes where somebody comes in and talks about their favorite show like Ellie, Elliot mm-hmm. Glazer, um, who's great. Um, he's a Golden Girls fan. So yes, we were I've, about I've listened to him
0: on uh, Out in the Lanai. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's
1: right. Which recently just wrapped. They did. But it Ugh. had four, I believe, four wonderful years. Yeah. Um Yeah. Lost my train of thought. Well, okay. oh, right. We're talking about. Yeah. Go, S- similarities. Go ahead. Yeah, well, something
0: similarities. Um, posed because you posed a lot of these questions to us beforehand to sort of think about it. And something that really dawned on me is that not only are they, they sharp and witty and combined comedy and drama, Murphy Brown and Fraser are really about smart, you know, semi-successful rich people. Mm-hmm. Well, not semi-successful mm-hmm. people uh, where mm-hmm. ego gets in their way.
1: Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. The
0: comedy a lot comes from the fact that they're brought down a notch because their ego is so big, which is an interesting balance. And I don't think we see a lot of that today. Well, let's also talk
2: about all of the career single parents that show up on both of these shows. Oh, good point. Well, who
0: else? Because,
1: you know, if I'm uh, being honest, uh, part of the reason I wanted to have you guys on is just to talk about Murphy Brown, because I definitely watched it when it was on, like as in my mom Mm -hmm. watched it, which is why I got into Frasier, because my mom watched Mm -hmm. it. Um, so Murphy Brown was on from, what was it? 19, but not including the new season that came out, 1988 to 1998. Yeah. 10 years. So yes, that was a little bit, that was, uh, harder for me to remember. And I never really got to see it. Was it syndicated anywhere?
0: Nick at night? Uh, I don't think Nick at night. I mean, it was syndicated in the old sort of way in which it was. You know, just sort of over the 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 old way uh, on your local Mm -hmm. stations. Uh, But then, yeah, it didn't really syndicate. It was on Stars for a bit. That's why. Um, But I mostly watched it like old school syndicated after the fact. Yeah, and I did too.
2: I I watched it as it aired. I remember. Uh, both of these shows actually, sitting down with my mom, checking the TV guide to yeah. know when they were to know if it was a rerun or not. Mm-hmm. And, and I was born with essentially an eidetic memory for some of this stuff. Wow. So I remember them very clearly. Right. Um, but then being really excited years ago when Frasier was one of the first of that area to hit Netflix. Right, right, right. And just be bingeable. It it made a huge difference. I mean,
1: I think mm-hmm. for me, what sort of uh, dictated the stuff that I got into, like Frasier I love Frasier, but it had also had to do with the access that I had to Frasier because oh, I, I did watch it when it was on. But it also started going into reruns on a few channels, including mm-hmm. local channels, because I didn't have cable. And Murphy Brown, I like I just didn't have as great of access to it. Yeah, and no one I does now, don't unfortunately.
0: Right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I really think that the revival would have done much better if more people were familiar with it. But unfortunately, yeah. because of the music rights, it's not streaming. You can find it, but not, you know, in the... <gasps> uh, Usual capacity. Now I'm curious because I know that a
1: new season came out last year. Yes. It didn't get picked up for a second it season. Did not, no.
0: Why why do you think that is? Uh, I really think that it's the streaming issue. It's you know, the, issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. couldn't catch uh, up. Revi- the whole sort of revival fever, I feel, as opposed to, you know, the sense. the yeah. T V movies we used to get when we yeah. were kids, you know family ties goes to Paris, uh, is that uh, you have all these generations of people who are rediscovering a show. So it's like a snowball. You keep picking up more and more viewers as the snowball goes down the hill. You're right. So I really feel that, you know, if Warner Brothers had found the money to pay for the music rights, which Mm. apparently are quite, you know, expensive, like they won't say, but it's
2: the best of Motown. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Atlantic and maybe maybe some chess. I'm not really sure, but definitely Atlantic and all Motown. And it just, you know, and the DVDs came out before, you know, binge watching was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so the first season didn't do well. And the music rights were so expensive. They just didn't feel that it was worth continuing. Wow.
1: This is I mean, this is just something I'm realizing as we're talking about it. Like now I'm thinking of the stuff that's been revived, like the Twilight Zone got that, that mm-hmm. revival and you can watch every episode of the twilights yeah. on a Netflix. Exactly.
0: Just think about it there's no revival that has been successful that is not out there i mean mm-hmm. will and grace is, has to be streaming somewhere right
1: oh well it was in reruns
2: and the other thing about will and grace not only that right before uh they really announced the revival was that it was all on hulu so you could start watching it mm-hmm. again but yeah. also unlike murphy what lauren was just speaking to is the fact that the the box set of the first season was released before people were really thinking about binging. Mm-hmm. So people casually purchased it. It didn't do very well. So they didn't invest in the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Will and Grace, I have so many friends that have all of those yeah. box sets. Yeah. So even though it wasn't streaming yet, people had the full series. Just like I had friends who had all of Sex in the City, mm-hmm. all of Will and Grace, all of this, you know, all of Gilmore Girls, all of these shows. So that people, even without streaming being an option, had access. And we just don't even have that for Murphy.
0: It just missed the entire window, unfortunately.
1: And I really want to, like, as I was looking
0: through, like, best
1: episodes of Murphy Brown today, um, Mm -hmm. I honestly, like, there's definitely plot lines that I either didn't end up following up on or just never finished the show that I just didn't even realize until I was looking through them today. Like, the fact that she had cancer at some point. Yeah. And uh-huh. she's, she's a single mom yeah. and like, yeah, it's some definitely some heavy
2: subject matter. Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah, she took down Dan Quayle with her pregnancy. Yeah, yes. which what was I like
0: heard, this yeah. big, big deal that, oh, my God, it's, you know, a woman who's not married is having a baby and she's ruining Western civilization. And then yeah. either a year or a couple years later, Rachel on Friends had a baby out of wedlock, yep. so to speak. I hate that word, but, um, and <laughs> nobody batted an eye. You know, uh, there's mm-hmm. there's so much that Murphy Brown sort of trailblazed yeah. that we wouldn't have so many uh, funny women after that right. because of her. Uh, and unfortunately she's being lost. It's very sad. Now, can you, mm-hmm. you
1: um, tell me what exactly, was it Stan Quayle said, it as the character t- talk to talking yes, about the that, character. Yes, that's, that's Brown? the
0: that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Is that he was criticizing this character like she was a real person, uh, using the uh, ro- it was the Rodney King right Rodney Rodney Yeah, King. the Rodney King riots to say that um, the people in the riots didn't have um, positive male role models, and that Murphy Brown, which you know young kids are watching except for us, uh, <laughs> <laughs> were being influenced by Murphy Brown to be terrible people because they didn't have fathers. Oh, that is uh, I mean, it was very coded. Like, that's not word for word what he said. It's yeah. just like, yes. that's what he was saying. Um, okay. And a lot of times, like, I I didn't prep, unfortunately, the exact words that he said, but there's a lot beforehand that doesn't get put in the clip that people missed that he was connecting it mm-hmm. to the riots. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. He also ended up uh, sending a uh, stuffed animal to the baby. <gasps> Uh, the baby doesn't exist. I mean, I'm not saying that Dan Quayle thought the baby existed, but like it, (laughs) but he hmm. took it way, way too far. And apparently, um, all of his handlers kept taking that section out of the speech and he kept putting it back in.
1: And what, um, what happens on the episode that she quote, like confronts him? Like what happens on the episode of Murphy Brown?
0: They have they play the clip, which she watches while she's trying to figure out, you know, how to breastfeed and take care of a baby. And she's a mess and she hasn't been sleeping. Um, and he particularly said that she glamorized single motherhood, which is great. She's like, do I look glamorous? Yeah, she looks. She look- yeah. That's <laughs> what happens when you're your first time mom and she's doing it on her own. Right. Uh, and so eventually what she does is that she goes on her her TV show. I haven't seen this episode in a while. I apologize. But she goes on the TV show. That she has, which is a news program for anyone who's not as familiar with Murphy Brown. It's like a, a 2020 kind of a thing uh, or a 60 named minutes. FYI. Uh-huh. Yes, named Got FYI, it. hence our, our title. Uh, <laughs> and brings on all kinds of different single mothers and, and families, and says that families come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes and that, you know. Oh, I pretty much needs I love that. To grow up. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. And it was an hour episode.
2: It was one of those great things where you know you just could not have given the show a greater gift right, than yeah. speak of the character in real life. Like I mean, we, another show that uh, Lauren and I are very much in love with is the The West Wing. And like I I'm, want, I, but I want feel, to, you must, you <laughs> it's must. so great. There's a there's an episode in uh, in later seasons where they do a debate, mm-hmm. and it is a live debate where they actually filmed it live, like they really were characters in our real world. Wow. And that kind of crossover was something that I really think started with this whole Dan Quayle
1: okay.
3: mess
2: with because of the way that somebody took a character and tried to make it a real-life argument. And then for the show to just take it and run, it was great. Now
1: I'm curious what year this episode came out because I'm even... Thinking, 92. 90, okay, so yeah, definitely trailblazing because there's also a storyline on Frasier where Roz has yeah. a baby, quote-unquote, quote mm-hmm. out of wedlock. Yeah and it's great it's a great storyline like she raises the baby without um without the guy uh mm-hmm. and, and you know she and and I, they of course they definitely show the struggles and how it's not yeah. easy but like you know they I think they do a good job illustrating that it is possible. Yeah. And
0: I don't think that storyline could have happened in television, if not for Murphy Brown. And 92 yeah. also, of course, was a very big election. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, many people feel that because the Republicans kind of, you know, attached themselves to this family values platform based on, you know, Dan Quayle. I mean, it was not that it wasn't there before, but really sort of ran with it. Many people believe that that contributed to, uh, among many things, uh, Bill Clinton winning really yeah oh
2: yeah Why do you, and they what? looked ridiculous wow
0: that is fascinating they, they alienated a large group of people
1: wow now I'm curious because obviously you guys both know Murphy Brown the, the as well as I know Frazier but I don't know Murphy Brown as well <laughs> as I know Frazier um because the show did actually come out before Frazier by like what Uh, 88 to 93, five years? I can't do math. Do you feel like there's any other, other than the, the single mother plotline? Is there any other plot lines or episodes that, um, from Murphy Brown that remind you of like an episode of Frasier or a plot line on Frasier?
2: There there are a couple things. Uh, there's one more thing to the single mother that I think is uniquely these two shows as well is that both Roz and Murphy are women who chose to raise their mm. their children alone. Right. Mm-hmm. They're strong, very, very uh, independent and career-oriented orient- career women mm-hmm. who chose to do this right. and often chose to stay single even when they had an option because it was the best choice for their family. Um, they were not victims of this. Um, which was very unique and something that I think was very informative for me as a young woman growing up and seeing that. Yeah. Um, but something that really stands out for me, I I know one of the things you had kind of asked us, which I was more than ready to answer yeah. is, who's your favorite character? Oh, go on. Yeah. And um, for me, Martin, hands down, forever, oh. always Martin. Oh. Um, I love John Mahoney. Um, there's so many wonderful things. But one of the things that stands out for me is Fraser's relationship with Martin and Murphy's relationship with her mother, Avery. Okay. Oh, that's They good. are, yeah, they're very, they're not the same. Their dynamics are not the same, but they both are adults with very complicated, but inside very tender baby relationships with their parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, a favorite episode of mine of Frasier is, uh, is Breaking the Ice in yeah, season two. In the,
1: in, when they're fishing.
2: Yep, when they're and fishing. And they that moment... That John Mahoney has to say, I love you, yeah. and find that, that sensitivity. Something that Colleen Dewhurst did as Avery Brown, who's one of my favorite characters in all of Murphy Brown, was seeing this woman who, on when you first meet her, you see a very prickly, outer, judgmental controlling maternal self and then you meet the sensitivity behind it and you see there's so much nuance in these characters mm-hmm. and in these adult relationships with parents uh-huh. that I think is really key to these two shows.
0: Yeah, something that really caught me when I was rewatching some of my favorite episodes and I rewatched um all the episodes that were written by Murphy Brown writers, the second one which we've, we've spoken about Um, at the end when Martin says, you know, you want to have a relationship with me, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to take one day. Now, of course, in Frasier, Martin was a main character. Mm -hmm. Avery Brown on Murphy Brown was a guest star. So we only saw her maybe three times over three years. Mm -hmm. But it took time. And you saw that as adults, they were making a decision to have a relationship they did not have as children, Mm -hmm. which I think is quite beautiful. And I can't think of a lot of shows before that that really maybe showed the nuance of that in a sure. sitcom at least. Yeah. With a laugh.
2: Track. Yeah. We saw a lot of kids <laughs> with parents who were closer to the age of the viewers as opposed to the the general demographic is the age of an adult child speaking to an older parent. Right. And there's, it's just so great to see a mature relationships being depicted as opposed to just adolescent. Right. And and age
1: wise, I feel like, I, and this is a guess, but it seemed as if now when I think of Murphy Brown and Frazier, they're both not like I, I'm trying to think what age they start off.
0: They're in, in their forties because right, when I watched starts, the yeah. beginning episodes, yeah. I was surprised when he keeps saying, "I'm Frazier," keeps saying in the second episode, "I'm 41." Yeah, and I went, "Oh my god," because Murphy was 40. The whole point of the pilot is that. She's 40 which of course is supposed to be this really really big deal in 1988 <laughs> that she's still on yeah. television and Whoa. she com- <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she comes back from the Betty Ford Center from uh, having addiction to cigarettes and alcohol right so it's a big deal the fact that she's older. Can she still do this without the alcohol? Mm-hmm. And she's nervous about it. And it's really sort of a, a beautiful older woman story. Right. And I mean, Fraser is a little different because, like, I got to know him on Cheers, mm-hmm. so I've known him through his thirties. Right. Uh, but that shocked me. I was like, oh, he's about the same age as Murphy, even That's though right. the show
1: started a little bit later. And I
0: definitely this
1: gives me a lot more motivation to watch Murphy Brown because the thing is, everyone keeps telling me to watch Cheers. It was before my time. I mean, I will say that I started watching Frasier because it was on and I didn't have cable. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. Cheers, I think, ended, what, like a year or two before Frasier started. Oh,
0: that's funny. I thought it went directly into it. Was there a break? Or or maybe not. Okay. But it was
1: like, I, I will, I mean, 93, like, I definitely have a hard time remembering what Frasier, what, you know, specifically remember the first season of Frasier in I sure. am yeah. mm-hmm. 31. Mm-hmm. I can't do the math, but I was very young. <laughs> Um, And so I have tried to go back and watch Cheers, and I have struggled because, like, especially the character of Sam Malone, it's Mm -hmm. a lot for me. Like, it's just a lot of machismo, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why I love Frasier so much, because Frasier was this, like, character who's so different than all of the other men on that show. You've got Murphy Brown, though, that is this trailblazing woman, and it's, like, sharp writing, and it it, no, it's not a radio station, but it's a TV station. Yeah. From what I remember, there's definitely like a familial relationship going on with a lot of the people on the staff, like kind of like KACL, like oh definitely yeah stuff, and they it's called the gang, the gang, perfect. So I feel like the gang. (laughs) And now that I am 31, I love the idea of watching a show where the people are older than me. It's, yes. uh, it's better. It, I don't know. It just makes me feel very yeah. young. There's, like
0: There is life after 40. R- exactly. <laughs> Things
1: to look forward to. A very s- successful, rich career. So I really feel like this is a show that I really am going to
0: rewatch as soon as I get access to it. Oh, amazing. Well, maybe Agreed. we can arrange that. <laughs> That's right. We'll right. see what happens. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Now? Have you? I'm assuming you tried to watch Cheers from the beginning, right? Yes, I did. Okay, because yes. here's the thing: because I'm of that age where I don't really. Re- I mean, I went back and I've watched not recently, but I don't really remember the early days of Cheers because mm. it was on for a long time. Yeah. So my mm-hmm. era of Cheers is Christy Alley, yep. B.B. Newerth and fraser mm-hmm. i was a huge fan of the cranes i was <laughs> actually really disappointed at first when i found out that lilith was not going to be in in the spinoff i was very upset about this <laughs> obviously it <laughs> but
2: when was she is there is she's oh she's there. so there oh, yeah. oh, she's oh she's there. she is so there
0: uh <laughs> and obviously i would not change one thing about the dynamic and the structure of fraser it is fantastic but i was a little disappointed uh, because <laughs> it, it does become sort of a different show and Frazier is in it more right. in the Kirstie Alley years. Mm-hmm. and I wonder if you would maybe like that better.
1: I mean, so what I have done is I did I did watch the pilot and now when there have been other people who have been on this podcast who like Cheers or have watched it, have mm-hmm. told me to watch certain episodes okay. about Fraser. Yeah. So one that I did watch that I liked that definitely also kind of threw me off a little bit was there's an episode where you meet Frazier's mom was passed away like yeah. she's always been pa- like dead uh in 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 the show fraser and the way they describe her in uh Frasier is this sort of angelic character and when you meet hester who's his mom in real life she's like S- crazy like threatens yeah. to kill diane his then fiance and tries to pay her off or pay sam off to try and break them up um so that was confusing but I'm still glad I watched it, and there was a a joke that I now understand. When Sam Malone <laughs> comes um, and is a guest star on Frasier, he makes a joke when he meets Niles. I don't remember it word for word. Basically saying like, "Wow, you." I feel like I'm looking at Frasier in the past. And then I watched an episode of Cheers, and it was unbelievable how much Frasier looked like Niles, Oh, you see or Kelsey what? Grammer yeah. looks like David Hyde Pierce, like young.
0: And you a little see why thinner. they added the character? Because he wasn't supposed to have a brother, right? Yeah. Okay, you're like it's the ridiculous per- perfect casting, and not yeah. Niles is. I mean, I love Frazier, but Niles is my favorite. Of, oh, I mean, a, fa- <laughs> a favorite of many. A favorite of many.
1: He's definitely my favorite character. Fra- Niles is definitely my favorite character. I mostly because I f- I find that I relate to characters that are not necessarily uh, the star, but are sort of getting. Same you know, the brunt of the main character's problems. Oh, And of course I was fully obsessed with uh, the storyline with Daphne.
0: Same. I I rewatched uh, the something borrowed, something blue. Oh my God. I had, I gasped. I still, still after all these years when he says that he, he loves her and that she loves him. I just, I literally
1: gasped. It's so beautiful. You weren't the only one. He goes, the truth, I mean, I've, I've memorized it. It's yeah. So, um. <laughs> he he says the truth is I've 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 always loved you or something like that, and you can hear the audience gasp. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh my God, we're all so deep yeah. into
1: this. Yeah. Well,
2: well. So for me, Niles was always my. When people ask me my favorite character, I always said Niles because David Hyde Pierce is amazing. Right. He stole the show. Yeah. That his he was just serendipitous. The universe provided his casting. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, world, kind of thing. <laughs> um. I do have this this soft side for me for the the older characters who are trying to just survive next to the crazies. Mm. Hence my love of Martin and my love of Jim on Murphy Brown. Right. Um, But there is something about we just don't deserve David Hyde Pierce. We don't deserve his perfect face. We don't deserve the fact that he is able to basically do three stooges Mm -hmm. and also beautiful drama in the same breath. Right. Yeah. And I just remember my first will they, won't they was not friends. It was always Niles and Daphne. And I remember even being a kid and being worried about when they got together that it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that it does is just so wonderful. It says so much about this show and what they craft and the risks they're willing to take. I think one of the best things they ever did was make Niles have to deal with the fact that Daphne isn't the perfect angel he had created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, th- I mean, I, Jean. I was never a fan of... Uh, just how they tried to hide her pregnancy uh, oh with God. the fat it's camp really, thing. However, yeah, not one of my favorite episodes because I definitely am still sort of I definitely tend to be the kind of Fraser washer that likes to watch everything up until like the the season finale of of season seven.
0: However,
1: mm-hmm. you know I, I've had many opportunities to rewatch it because it's still on Netflix. And now, one of my favorite episodes is this episode where Fraser and Niles go "quote unquote" into the past. And I don't know how you, you knew this technology was, but it was like they talk. Essentially, Fraser and Niles go over these perfect moments that Niles has crafted in his head between oh, him and Daphne. This. Oh,
0: this sounds great. It's, it's this is
1: this is um, this episode had to do with sort of trying to understand why Daphne gained all this weight. And like the theory that uh-huh. that came from her therapist was that he, she was like stressed out at the thought of living up to this perfect image yeah. that Niles had of her, which I actually thought was super interesting as yeah. a concept. Yeah. And then um, Niles starts talking about these magical moments that happen and they actually show the clips, but then somehow have Fraser and Niles witnessing oh. and are within the actual old clip, like standing in the kitchen yeah. watching Daphne and, uh, uh, Daphne and Niles and Frazier's like, okay, let's re-examine this. You know, it wasn't perfect. And I thought that was a great episode You know, of exactly what you were talking episode. about.
2: I'm so glad you brought that yeah, up. Watch it's it now. so great. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. again, as a young woman, so much of what we took in as far as entertainment was being a perfect princess or being a perfect this, or, you know, being The idea of romance being it's a fairy tale and you move on, and the idea of being told that you're allowed to be flawed and still be just as loved, was incredibly impactful as a child.
3: Absolutely. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. shopify.com slash realm are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back
0: Well, it's funny that you mention because um, I also don't like the idea of, oh, she's just fat, but I do appreciate that they, they tried to make it about something. Sure. But it reminded me that um, when Julie Louis-Dreyfus, because she was pregnant twice on Seinfeld, mm. and I don't know if it was the first or second time, but Jerry Seinfeld did come up to her and go, we have this idea that you'll just, we'll just talk about how you've gained so much weight. And she went, hell no. Huh? <laughs> You're not doing that to me. I'm pregnant. You're not going to make fat jokes about me. And I don't remember like what
1: episodes and it must have worked on me because I never noticed she was pregnant. If you, I mean, I
0: have not seen Se- Seinfeld in years, oh, I've but watched if you go lot. back, there's, um, well, of course she had the baggy clothes, so that helped, like the big jackets, but I think she does stand behind the counter a couple times.
2: Wow. Yeah. Right over my
0: head. But no, I, well, it's,
2: yeah. Oh, no, I just think it's funny that in many ways Daphne was kind of, while while imperfect, Mm -hmm. I will say that it was nice to see the first clumsy attempts at allowing your lead actresses to have families while in production. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, Mm -hmm. As opposed to just putting her out to pasture for half a season because she, you know, went back to her family's home for a while. And finding a way, because then later we saw in Will and Grace where, you know, Deborah Messing just carries a bunch of shopping bags in front of her (laughs) for a while. You know, like there's, you know, now we have all of these tricks that they do now that women can have their full lives and also act in these shows. But it is kind of nice to see that at least they tried something. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now it's kind of a, "Mm, I don't enjoy the choice they made, but I appreciate they tried it. I also, I live for trivia. So, I so enjoy that her first reported weight loss was the weight of her baby. Oh, oh right. really? Yes. Oh,
0: that's great. Of a real life
2: baby. That's fantastic. It's just wonderful. I, <laughs> so that's my little like
1: yay. I read that in an article today. That's a friend sent me about things you didn't know about Frazier, and I'm always very overly confident that I'll know all the facts. Sure, but I didn't, including that she references the the weight of her daughter, I believe, and yeah. saying the exact yeah. amount of weight that she I lost. Love stuff like that, which that I believe was great. nine pounds twelve. <laughs> i was nine wow. pounds eight ounces not to brag, not to brag
0: well but. jane leaves also is a, the biggest connection between murphy brown and yes. fraser tell us about that so mm-hmm. jane leaves played uh, a character called audrey cohen mm-hmm. well, audrey uh she worked for the uh the consulate in washington for the uk Um, I think just answering phones, but she worked there and she became a large uh, part of the character of Miles, who was the executive producer of the news program. In fact, the two actors, uh, Grant Shaw and Jane Leaves, did date during that time. No. And in fact, when he- They lived together, right? They did, yes. Um, I believe so, yeah. Um, And when Grant uh, was on our show, he said that he was at the pilot of Frasier and even just in the audience, he could tell he was like, this is going to be something big.
1: Wow. So, and tell me again. I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at a cast of Murphy Brown characters for a a, a future question. But yes, um, he played Miles Silverberg. Right. Oh, yes, with the glasses. Yeah.
2: Yeah, talk about another show parallel is the um the very neurotic, nervous Miles and Niles right? characters. Right, yes, I yeah. was about to
0: say that. These yeah. Young neurotic
2: men. Yeah, and, You know,
0: he wore glasses and Audrey wore glasses. And then the part was written for Jane because they all got to know her because not only was she dating Grant, but she had been roommates with Faith Ford, who plays Corky, who's a regular cast member on the show as well. Right. right. And they were just so lovely together. Sort of the, the gist at mm-hmm. the beginning was that um, Miles always wants people to, you know, think that he's better than he actually is. Or I shouldn't say he, Miles is great, but, you know, he wants he wants the bravado. He wants people to be impressed by him. And so he's a little insecure. He's, he's, Just there so you go. go. A little insecure. <laughs> Very neurotic. Sort of the Jewish stereotype. <laughs> and uh, so he keeps telling Audrey not to let on that they've only been on one date or two dates. And she goes, mm-hmm. OK. And then she tends <laughs> to make up these elaborate lies about the two of them, which are quite brilliant uh jane leaves she's she's really fantastic and um they get close to getting engaged but of course she got fraser Um. uh so uh he gets so busy he doesn't realize that uh audrey had moved out three days before (laughs) 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 love it wow so the their episodes are really quite precious they're they're lovely well have have great chemistry i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna well what's nice is i've got it a nice juicy 10 years of yes, you do to come out. That's what's so lovely about these uh sitcoms from the, you know, late 80s, mid 90s, late 2000s, you know, you've got your 22 episodes per season. Oh. It's a it's yeah. something you can really watch over mm-hmm. and over. That's and so that's why you know, I go back to Frasier a lot, I go back to Friends a lot, I go back to Seinfeld a lot, like Golden Girls, but like one of my favorite shows that came out more recently,
0: Party Down i don't oh, know if you guys great yeah, it's yeah.
1: Like, i think it's yeah. like 12 episodes so i'm like it's a day of, of viewing and That's speaking it. of
0: i don't know if you know david Hypierce pierce did a series before fraser which i was in love with it was like on i think two and a half seasons it was called the powers that be it was norman lear yeah. no i i'm writing it's this only, down it's only on youtube i think but oh it's uh j you know from northern exposure it's uh uh, oh, what's his name from 100 Days of Summer? 500 Days of Summer. Um, Justin yeah, Justin he's Gard- a little love child it. in it. He no. plays their son. Oh my God. Yeah, it was uh, before Third Rock. Yes, before, wow. yes, before yeah. Third Rock. It has Holland Taylor in it. Oh, I, I love her. Uh, the. I always forget her name, but the actress, uh, Robin Bartlett, who played uh, the sister of uh, Paul uh, Reiser on Mad About You. It was oh like God. all these 90s people. But uh, <laughs> David, Hyde's, David Hyde Pierce's character is always trying to kill himself but oh he never but like in hilarious like it's a little dark it's norman lear wow. uh the idea the concept is that it's a political oh and oh my god phil um peter mcnichol is in it oh my gosh. it's unbelievable it just for some reason didn't catch on i thought that it was brilliant so he's married to uh mcafee I hope i'm saying her name right right mcafee right mcafee, McAfee. oh thank you sorry I mess. didn't prep like, I this. <laughs> it's okay. I want to watch yeah. this. And uh, and he hates being married to her. And her father is a senator. Uh, and uh, her mother is is Holland Taylor. And it's about this, this family where, you know, the senator's having a lot of affairs. And then he finds out he has an illegitimate daughter who's Robin Bartlett from New Jersey, God forbid. <laughs> and so she's like, really like, oh, I'm going to get in this like high class society, people. <laughs> and he's so unhappy that like he'll try to hang himself from the blinds but they'll open Oh my god. it's amazing and then he falls in love with the maid who is very monotone and so the two of them are just like i love you i know i love you too it's so great so any david Hyde pierce fan needs to find this show
2: honestly i think it's truly an audition for miles because one of my one of my favorite things that i think miles or niles t- oh you mean niles i'm sorry N- oh my god I <laughs> see there's too many similarities so between du- the <laughs> shows and they, they're so close one of my favorite things about Niles, and I think something that informs the comedy of Frasier over time as he becomes more and more a focus of hilarity, is that it they always end up in the most ridiculous situations, but they're still somehow completely relevant to plot. Mm, for sure. But they only work in this very, like, noises-off kind of farcical world. It's very theatrical. It's very theatrical world. It is. And it's so, it looks, I mean, if you watch it now having seen Frazier, it looks like an audition for Niles. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right, I'll have to check it out. I mean, the the most amazing piece of physical comedy I feel like I've ever seen on television is the Valentine's episode. Right. Free Valentine's? Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's the, when people ask me about Frazier, it's the first thing that I think of and there're no words and it is the funniest thing except watching it again reminded me that I had forgotten that I used to watch Fraser and I would love the farcical aspects which of course are you know the majority of the episodes but it would make me uncomfortable <laughs> which I don't know why <laughs> and I knew it was going to happen and I still was like oh ooh ooh even though I'm laughing hilar- like i think mm-hmm. it's so funny but for some reason farce makes me uncomfortable <laughs> farce is farce is a uh, the the, pin- uh, the
1: pinnacle the the I can't think of the word. You know, the thing about Frasier is the first thing I think of is farce. Yeah, and I've talked mm-hmm. at length about farce. When they go up to the Joe cabin, Keenan. all
0: the door slamming. It's That's literally right. like a Moliere comedy. Oh. The ski lodge.
2: I wrote down the ski lodge episode, ski lodge, and I was okay. like, "It's a classic because it's Noises Off meets a Midsummer Night's Dream." Oh,
0: good one. Ooh, I don't know What's Noises Off. Oh, it's a great play. Oh. Jesse, take it. It's
2: so it's it's truly especially in like regional theater around the country, it is the epitome of farce. It is. um, I don't want to ruin it because it's too funny. And if you read it, you'll be laughing out loud, but essentially imagine a lot of doors and a backstage onstage dynamic where people are constantly just going in and out, slamming doors, missing each other, wrong person, ending up in bed. It's
0: like an actor's actor's nightmare. And then, Oh, I believe the first act is the front of the house. And the second act is the back of the house. Yes. They turn the stage. It's a movie with uh, Christopher Reeve and the uh, and uh, Michael Caine. Mm, I mean, I think the stage do. production is uh, better just because it's hard to replicate yes. that. But I there's an immersive production of it in Chicago now. Immersive that I really want to see where you're actually going
2: backstage with them and through the doors with them. Wow, that sounds cool. All right,
1: I have a very important uh, pivot, okay, which please. is here. This is something I've been having fun do- now. Whenever I'm like going to be talking about. Frasier in another show. I like to try and cross universes. So here's my question Um, now. And I kind of want to play this game because I don't know Murphy Brown as well. So I want to see if I'm good at. Oh, great. I'm basically here's here's the what I want to put out there Um, from the show Murphy Brown, who would be let's start with friends who would get along who who would get along on Murphy Brown with what characters from from Frasier. So or even just oh, have I'm parallels right. or similarities. So based off of my knowledge of, of Frasier and of Murphy Brown, I immediately think that Corky would get along with Daphne. Yes, Yay or yeah. nay? Yeah, yeah. Now, is am I right that Corky, from what I can remember, is definitely like kind of bubbly? Yes, she's a former yeah. beauty yeah. queen. Oh, mm-hmm. and I love her name. Yeah. Corky. Yeah. Um, okay, Miles, I feel like... I feel like he'd be too neurotic around Niles. So I don't They just encourage each other. Yeah. I do think <laughs> I do think that bulldog would have a great time like giving Miles a wedgie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, can we talk about bulldog? Go I on. Love yes. bulldog. Yeah. He's oh. one of my favorites because one of my absolute favorite pieces of business is What is this? This is totally has to- Oh, there it is. Because it's hilarious, over the top and still like actually like a thing that happens in real life. Well, knowing that knowing
1: that that actor is gay in real life gives it a Mm -hmm. whole nother level of parody that I didn't see when I was younger. And now I do.
0: Well, one of the episodes I watched, uh, Claudette, I think the the woman who works, uh, there's like a waitress at one in one episode and she asks if he's gay. Uh
1: yes I yeah. uh, yes I think I vaguely remember yeah. that that I think that's come up more than once they definitely make a joke about it yeah. um uh, oh, yeah. now Jim Dial whenever I um, <gasps> look at Jim Dial he always kind of reminded I mean. He's a he's an anchor on the show. Correct? Yeah, he's the lead he's anchor. The anchor. Yeah, he, yeah,
2: the old school. He anchor. really mm-hmm. he
1: reminds me of Stone Phillips. That's who he reminds me of from Dateline NBC. I don't know if that. Oh,
2: there's very much a bit he, of that. He has that very sort young. of
1: granite jawed, like lovable. that voice. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just from what I've seen. I feel like I do see a hint of Niles in him. I don't know what do you, or no, not not in a bad way.
2: Oh, no, no. I'm so in love with the idea of Jim taking Niles under his wing.
0: <laughs> I just I could see this mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Niles is always impressed by celebrity. Yeah. And oh, I mean, yeah. they both are. But, you know, oh, you are the painter of the time or you wrote this book yeah. or you run uh-huh. the wine club that they that I think Niles would just feel like, oh, I am with the great Jim Dial. I
2: do feel like it would be an, one of the the many episodes where Frazier and Niles fight for favoritism with Jim. Intr-
1: yep, I could see that.
2: I, I think that they would both be vying for Jim Dial to choose them
1: mm-hmm. for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanting to be
0: part yeah. of the same if wine he, club. Yes,
2: and and Jim would not have the energy for <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the great thing about Jim is that um, when uh, you finally like get his patience, he he's a little bit more relaxed in the things that he does. Um, we just reviewed an episode or reviewed, we just covered an episode where there was a secretary who just would not stop talking about her day. And then finally she's talking about a headache all the, well not her day, but like the bad things that are happening to her. It's just so depressing. And right. she says, why well, don't I have this headache? And he goes, well, could be cancer. And just and walks, just walks away like with a big smile on his face. And you're like, whoa, would not have expected that. But that's what he does. He's just like, if you get on his last nerve, he's going to get you.
2: Interesting. Jim is truly an actually a lovable dork on the inside mm. behind the veneer of a Stone Phillips.
1: I got it. He really does look a lot like Stone Phillips. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Now, Frank Fant-
1: Fontana, I feel like I know the least about. But I just right now off the top of my head, I feel like he could have a beer with Martin.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's- I'm actually I'm actually going to say well, the first pairing I came up with is actually Martin and
0: Phil. Oh, that's perfect. Phil the Because
2: they're the same generation. Now, granted, Frank does drink with Phil. So that would make sense.
0: I do think that Frank would date Roz. It wouldn't work out, but I think they you would think? date. Yes. Yo, yeah. And
2: I think he actually would hang out with Bulldog.
0: OK,
1: I feel like I mean, again, I don't remember him that well, but I feel like Roz would definitely he
0: dated a lot. And he did. Yeah. So I feel like oh, the yeah. two of them would have like run into each other somewhere. I don't think it would work out, but I mm. think that they might have some no. really good sex.
2: Yes, they would. Speaking
0: Absolutely. of who
1: would have really great sex, my, the best mm-hmm. for last, Murphy, Brown and Fraser, not friends, but lovers. They would, could kill each other. Oh, they, they would. They have, would have yes, the greatest have. sex of their lives and also kill each other. Like this and then Yeah. Yeah. Like the way I picture them, um, I imagine they would have a very similar dynamic to what Frazier had with Kate Costas, who was the station manager Mm -hmm. in season three or season four. She's this very, you know, smart, beautiful, powerful woman who doesn't take crap. And they do have like at first Mm -hmm. they really don't like each other. It ends in them yelling at each other and then passionately kissing on her desk. Mm And then interestingly, she does
0: like a good desk. There you she go. Got, she loves a good
1: desk. Their relationship. Pregnant on a desk. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'll get back to that in a second. But their relationship ends, ends with them realizing they don't have as much in common, which I thought was really interesting, um, yeah. which I feel like perhaps is a thing that I feel like I at least read about in Cosmopolitan,
0: this idea that you can have
1: chemistry, sexual chemistry, and yet have nothing in common. Yeah.
0: I don't know if that's 100%. A, no, I think that Fraser really? would hate um, how messy Murphy is, how she... And he would hate
2: her love of Motown and Atlantic. Uh, yeah. They would fight over music. Oh. Yeah, I, I feel
0: like um, this would end with Murphy breaking a lot of bottles of his very expensive wine just for spite.
2: Yes. <laughs> In front of him. Yeah. While, yeah. while singing Aretha and he, Franklin. And he
0: would at some point would call her a Philistine. Wow. Yes. Yeah.
2: And she would hate his apartment.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Why do you think that
0: is?
2: She lives in a wonderful townhouse that's full of high ceilings and wood accents and a Tiffany lamp and a lot of lived in nice plush fabric. Mm
0: -hmm. And a lot of Um, sort of um, like eccentric things like the beautiful vase, but there is a a stuffed snake on it. Although, in fact, something (sighs) I forgot to mention, which is similar, sorry to sidetrack a bit, but the same art director, Roy Christopher, is the same art director for Murphy Brown. My God. Yeah.
2: I mean, 90s. I think she would find Frasier's place too uppity. Okay. Yeah, I too got it.
1: pretentious, you know. I yeah. mean, it is very uppity. Um, it is, which is why we love him. Now, separately, a thing that I think the two shows have in common is a well, with Murphy Brown, it's more of a gag, but the secretaries. I want to tell. So there's a lot of um, secretary
0: montages on YouTube that Mm. I've had a
1: wonderful time (laughs) looking at.
0: Um, They played them um, at the studio for the revival, like before. Not those particular ones, but they would do like, here, let's get you guys laughing. Here's a bunch of the secretaries. So um, for
1: me, the crossover here. The quote-unquote crossover is uh, the celebrity callers on Frasier. Yes. Which they always show yes. at the end of uh, the each season finale. I who love that in? they do that with the pictures. I know. I do too. Now, here's what I'm curious about. Um, well, number one, uh, each of you, who do you have a favorite secretary cameo on uh, Murphy Brown?
2: So, quick clarifying question. Yes. Uh, celebrity cameo as a secretary or secretary?
1: Okay, so... J- mm, well, because let's do Sherlock.
2: both. <laughs> let's, do both. Character let's do
1: both because I know that there are non-celebrity secretaries uh-huh. and celebrity secretaries, or people that later became celebrities, such as or famous like Michael Richards, aka Kramer yep. from Seinfeld, was yep. a
0: secretary. Well, he's not in Murphy Brown; he's a secretary in Seinfeld. That's the difference.
1: Oh, oh, actually, right. Yeah. Okay, let me clarify. <laughs> so, I'm thinking of an episode of. Seinfeld, yes, where Kramer uh, moves to L.A. is part of a plotline where he is mistaken for being a, a murderer, um, but, and also makes a
0: cameo on Murphy Brown. Did that cameo actually air on Murphy Brown? Or it did only not. Seinfeld? It was only on Seinfeld. Oh. And in fact, it was a trade-off because they wanted it to happen on Seinfeld. So Diane English said "You'll owe me a favor. And then Larry <sighs> David and Jerry Seinfeld ended up being on an episode of her second show "Love and War" to help the ratings. Like like a brief little scene at the end, like a little cameo. But it was like, okay, fine, you can you can do this, but um, all you owe me a favor. Well, okay,
1: I love in general, celebrity or not. Um, having watched so many montages of <laughs> uh, the secretaries, that takes to me a very good writer to constantly because beca- like as yeah. I as I'm watching these, I'm like, what's gonna be the gag? And I couldn't, I never guessed what it would be. Like one guy ends <laughs> up being a tap dancer. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm curious from both of you, I'd love to hear favorite non-celeb cameo uh, as a secretary or favorite gag as of the secretary gag and or and favorite celebrity secretary.
0: Well, yes. I mean, I feel like Jesse's going to agree with me on this one, but <laughs> If we're talking celebrity secretary, it has to be Bette Midler. Nice, it's Bette Midler. Uh, <laughs> I saw it's that one. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays this very stereotypical Jewish princess. Has a little dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband has just died, and she her name she spells her name with two C's into locking like Chanel. Like it's mm-hmm. this big, huge stereotype, and I absolutely love it. It was this from the series finale. It is from the finale, which has a lot of celebrity cameos in it. Uh, Julia Roberts shows up. It's random as hell, Um, but great. I will say that, yeah, that
2: the celebrity secretary always comes back to Bette Midler because it was just the get. It it was the perfect get. There are a couple that stand out for me that are not uh, Bette Midler. Uh, Marsha Wallace, Mm. uh, when she came in um, with the Bob Newhart references, and then though this one I don't necessarily count because it's actually a full plot line is Leslie Jordan as Kyle. Okay, um, that's great.
1: Leslie Jordan, I, I'm looking her up. Him. I'm him, looking You oh, will know him from Grace. Will and Grace. Oh, will, oh, look, when you type in Leslie Jordan, Will and Grace episodes comes up. Oh yeah, of yeah. course, yes. I yes.
2: He's I amazing him. as Kyle, but that's actually the episode is about Kyle and Kyle trying to get back on his feet. And he's, as part of the episode, is a secretary so it's it's not quite the celebrity cameo. He's another one who really became a celebrity in his own right sure. after yeah. having a arc. But he's the best I
0: love it yeah. j f k. Jr. I had a saw cameo. JFK I mean, that Junior. How did that happen? Uh, well, he was promoting his new magazine, George, at the time, and I guess he Whoa. felt that it was a really good get. I mean, the people who watch the show were probably the same demographic who would buy George. Okay, and yeah. uh, he's sitting at the secretary desk, so she she like makes a joke that thinks that he's like her secretary, but he's brought her a, a wedding gift. Although uh-huh. she, in the previous season, she actually ends up not getting married, but he, she wants a gift from the Kennedys, of course, and it's a copy Obviously. of George magazine. <laughs> like that's that's. Pretty much
1: it <laughs> from from what i'm even just newly learning about murphy brown it sounds like there's probably a crossover and you both like the west wing yeah of people that like murphy brown and the west wing yeah right? i think so overlapping yeah because
0: they're both shows that dealt with politics right uh yeah. i mean even though people consider the west wing a drama it has some hilarious comedic moments uh martin Sheen- i mean we we have
2: an interview with richard Schiff. Um, who was a guest star on Murphy Brown and is, of course, Toby Ziegler on the West Wing. Oh, nice. They even had a lot of the same actors who could carry the same type of dense, highly intellectual uh,
0: script. Yeah, Martin Sheen was on it. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, it's also just sort of the times. I mean, Murphy ended in 98. Uh, West Wing started in 99. Okay. Um, Six seasons. Yeah. So I think it just has a, a, a familiar uh, tone to it that, you know, goes to both demographics. Bette Midler was holding this in,
1: uh, but I I the reason I asked if she was the season series finale is because she's also the sings on the last episode of uh the tonight show with Johnny mm-hmm.
0: Carson. Yeah, it's I one of my that. favorite performances that she's ever done. And that I, I, I used to have that memorized. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The whole letter she does in Johnny Carson, I used to be able to do when I was a kid.
1: And then I feel like on another show, they sort of parody
0: that was well, the simpsons or was it it might have been i mean the there Larry were a lot Sanders of other show probably i mean that became a, a staple of goodbyes yeah it was uh you know it, it was actually the second to last episode because the last episode was like a clip show which is weird but it was the last yeah. one where they had an interview and it was her and robin williams mark shaman is at the piano wow uh jennifer lewis is one of the backup singers
1: it's it's incredible you know what it might mm-hmm. be I think what happens. Um, forgive me, Larry Sanders fans, if I'm wrong. It is one of my favorite shows, the Larry Sanders show. I believe they kind of do that gag, but they do it with Jim Carrey. Yes, singing yeah, yeah. goodbye. That sounds right. Yeah, uh, and it was uh, very good. Um, oh, okay. So, another crossing universe question: Of all of the, I have my answer to this, but of all of the Frasier main Frasier characters, who do you think would have been a really good cameo? uh secretary secretary cameo i already
0: know mine i mean i thought i think it would be hilarious if it was jane leaves yeah me too as daphne That's exactly like, you look really familiar but i don't know if they could get away with that well right <laughs> Honestly,
2: yeah i i was really torn on this i've been thinking about this <laughs> trying to decide because i'm trying to decide if i want things to go well for murphy or go badly per usual <laughs> Um, because on one side, I really want her to have to go toe to toe with Roz, oh, um, oh. and just have the two of them deal with each other, sure. um, as well as like Bulldog, which she would just uh, take out in a oh, second. Yeah. He'd probably just cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, I I love the idea of um, her having to deal with Lilith.
1: Interesting. Oh my god, Lilith. I, you know what? I feel like I didn't childhood heart just of broke. Lilith, Lilith and uh, Daphne. For me, if, uh, originally it was just Daphne. I was thinking, but I feel like with the secretary plot line, there's always like a thing you have you learn about them where you think they're going to uh-huh. be normal and then they're not. And yeah. for Daphne, I yeah. feel like she's got the whole psychic thing working for her and her like crazy family. Oh, yeah, fam- would hate that. Her crazy family yeah. stories. And then Lilith, I wonder if it could be a thing of, like, analyzing people or suddenly becoming, like, a psychiatrist or psychologist. I, I just know. imagine I a that. full
2: stare down of the two of them. Yeah. As they both just try to figure out how to move forward sure. across yeah. a desk. Like, they're just, <laughs> I would just love it so much. Because I think there's also something, frazier has got the Lilith complex. And there's something about when he's with powerful women oh, that yeah. turns him on. I think that's the same reason I oh, think yeah. he and Murphy would have had a really good time. Oh,
1: my God. They would have had the greatest time. Also, now thinking of who Murphy Brown, I could see her being friends with it, Roz for sure. Yeah. Her and Roz. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: I could see that. I could mm-hmm.
1: see a cop show starring them, even though neither <laughs> yes, one of them is Elise. cops.
0: Oh, my God. I want to see this. I want to see this. I want to see, see Lilith and Murphy Brown in a scene together. <laughs> All this stuff is making me very, very happy. Yeah.
1: I want to watch. Um, I- I'm trying to think because, like, there's a show called, uh, there's like a show about female detectives on USA. There's mm-hmm. so many, I can't, I can't even be think like
0: of it. Be like Cagney them. and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey.
1: Are, yeah, I was like, should it be called Murphy and Raz or Brown and hmm. Doyle?
0: Brown and Doyle. Brown and Doyle. They, and they Doyle.
2: both
1: want to buy their last yeah. names, just like them. Or their
2: attorneys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to see. So there's a famous scene uh, with my beloved Mama Avery, um, Avery Brown, where at the end of the episode, much like Murphy, we finally see how similar they are, where she starts dancing around the living room, singing to... Uh, to jazz oh it's just a crazy moment and all i want is to see avery brown singing alongside john mahoney when oh. like, he's trying to make up his song and doing the worst scat scatting you've ever heard <laughs> in your life. i just want to see the two of them at like karaoke i mean that's another I thing too that.
0: that i feel frazier and murphy brown have in common is the caliber of actors like oh, um, yeah. how many tony winners a lot of were on of a lot of stage people and oh, growing yeah. up i i looked at you know Christine Baranski and David Hype Pierce. And I went, oh, here are these character actors. They're like the second banana. They, this is the trajectory of their career. This is what they did. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, one of the episodes I was rewatching, which is one of my favorites, uh, which is Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, when Fraser pretends to be Jewish. Great, great episode. Mm-hmm. Love it so much. Um, is that the A lot mo- of farce. A lot mm-hmm. of farce. Uh, the mother is Carol Shelley- who uh, was in the original production of Wicked. She Ooh. unfortunately passed away recently. Um, she won a Tony for um, Elephant Man. Um, I remember once watching an episode where uh, Linda Stevens was in it. She wasn't even an, an LA actress. She, she, yeah. she had a very few film credits. I mean, I'm sure it was hard to find older women for comedic parts, but I had seen her as the uh, wife in Damn Yankees with actually Newworth. Neuwirth. I didn't see BB North in it, but it was that production. Wow! Mm-hmm. Uh, because I love that production so much, and then when I saw her, I got super excited. I was like, "It's Linda Stevens." There's definitely
1: mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of um, stage actors. Yeah, on it's Frasier. incredible. Qu- oh, oh, Katie
0: Finnerin, who also was in the re- revival of Murphy Brown
1: yeah. recently. There, there's a. So, this is so important. The show that I couldn't remember the name of is Rizzoli and Isles. Ah. On, the, on the new uh, t- a tnt excuse me not usa it sounds like a Roz pun
0: um I saw, oh i saw her on stage too actually i saw uh uh peer Pier, how do you say her name Pierre gilpin perry gilpin yeah, perry gilpin excuse perry. me oh, i'm thinking of somebody else spelled wow. p-e-r-i um uh, i saw her in uh, midsummer night's dream uh at the new jersey shakespeare festival amazing
2: Not only am I a a massive uh, 90s television fan, but uh, Frasier, when it came back onto Netflix, became a really big deal for me as a working, struggling actor in New York. And so it was often what I was watching in the background while I was getting ready for auditions and so on. And one day I went in and my very first big role I ever booked in a national commercial is because of Frasier. No way. Cool. Yes. I was binging it so much. I was in this like improv commercial audition and they held me back after a bunch of people and then asked if I knew any TV theme songs. I could not think of a single one except for "Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Ah. And I did my best Frasier impression. And they told me right there that I booked it.
0: <gasps> nice. Oh
1: my God. Wow. All well, I love that. You know what? I, uh, you know, rarely do a lot of acting. I mean, I'm, I'm a comedian and I like, I had to audition for like a host sizzle reel thing. And I, mm-hmm. um, I ended up picking a monologue from the birdcage <laughs> that Nathan yeah, Lane does. Did. I did. Um, but now you're fully inspiring me. And now I feel like, if I ever get this opportunity again where I have to do a monologue, I should do one from Frasier, especially because I know oh, yeah. the entire show. So and no well. one
0: would know that it was from Frasier. You could just exactly. say this is name. The name of the episode
1: is the play. No one would. I'd be OK with them knowing it was Frasier. Um, ge- uh, in general, I get one of two reactions to yeah. me telling people I'm a Frasier super pa- super fan or that I have a podcast, which is kind of like, uh, who are you? I, I don't know. Frasier. OK, And then the other one is like, oh, I love that. It's it's one of two reactions.
0: to get the same reaction. We get the same. Yeah, same (laughs) thing. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, like it's, yeah, it's definitely like that. (laughs) Well, my thing is that um, I always remember that Frazier helped me with my SATs. And how? Of course he did. Because when I was studying for my SATs, I could only really watch, my mother would only let me watch really like my favorite, favorite shows. So I'd have to study up until it started. So, like, that's about, like, Murphy Brown and Frazier's on about nine. So I have to study mm-hmm. my, my SAT words, like, pretty much till I got home from school. Uh, and then I could take a break and I could watch Frazier. And I remember studying words and then seeing them on the show. And because I would hear them, because I'm definitely more an auditory person, in a sentence, I would remember them for the test. And I remember a couple of words, not at the moment, that <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember that because it was in a word, a sentence on Frazier. And well, I, ju- I just Frasier learned Curtin it would
2: be so awesome. yeah hear that
1: young listeners mm-hmm. now there's a reason to watch Frasier to
0: help with mm-hmm. your
1: SATs and on that note um oh wait can I add something really quick go
0: go for it one second uh David I Pierce once opened a door for me and what? that yes. was amazing and I just want to say he's a seems to be a lovely person and very
1: <laughs> I hope I get that op- opportunity one day for <laughs> him to open a door for me and then I hope you do starts at the beginning of our friendship and then D- and then David will be on this podcast and it'll be fantastic. <laughs> hey,
0: doesn't he live here? You can he do it. He does. We,
1: I, 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 we I gotta, believe in you. All right. We'll, we'll, Just it into being we'll figure it out together. David, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on. Um, and on that note, I want to thank uh, Lauren and Jesse for uh, joining me for this wonderful episode. I feel like I've learned so much about Murphy Brown and now I really want to watch Murphy Brown.
0: And I really want to continue watching Frasier. This was such a lovely thing to go down memory lane and so remind glad. myself how funny the show is! It's great, and
2: you know, what? I've I've got a wedding to plan. I've been trying to play things that I already know, so I don't just watch the TV show in front of me <laughs> while I do all the things. And now I'm just going to turn Fraser back on and do that. Fantastic! And
1: uh, <laughs> and uh, Lauren and Jesse, uh, you know, where can people find you? What uh, how how should they continue following your work?
0: Uh, yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren Milberger, and Milberger is spelled M I L B E R G uh, E R. And then you can find the podcast. At Murphy Brown Pod, pretty much everywhere, which is also our website, Murphy Brown Pod. Wonderful. And-,
2: and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, though I'm way more on Instagram than I am on Twitter, <laughs> um, at Jesse Mullins, and that's J E S I
0: Mullins
1: with an I. Amazing. Yeah. And definitely check out FYI, the Murphy Brown Podcast. Please, please
0: do. Yes.
1: Please. Until next time, good night, Seattle.